Welcome back to another episode of Andrew Says. Two wonderful guests here today with me, Jason Miller, Getter CEO, and of course, the young, I don't know what to call you, uh, billboard charting artist, Chandler Crump. Wasn't there a better verb we could add on that? Youngest billboard charting artist, Chandler Crump? Yeah, I don't think it'll ever get beat. <laughs> <laughs> he was only 10 years old, everybody, at the time last year. So, Jason, I wanted to start with you. I was going through Getter yesterday with my producer, Efron, shout out producer Efron, and showing him that I just found this new feature on Getter of basically Reels, uh, TikToks, it's called Vision, and I really like that you can just download it right from there on the desktop version. You want to tell us how that came about? It kind of sprung up on me quickly. How long was it in the works? Well, I've been working on Vision for quite a while, ever since we launched last July. One of the things that we'd always hear from people is they want to have an all-in-one free speech platform, whether it be the microblogging, the live streaming, which of course we've introduced and you guys have participated in. Then also Vision, which is our short video competitor to TikTok and Instagram Reels. So people love having that all in one, in one place. And particularly for younger platform users, especially in the 18 to 30 range or so, they very much like the short video format. They don't like the political censorship of TikTok or Instagram Reels, and they don't like the fact that the CCP controls everything to do with TikTok. And so we've decided to put it all together. And so literally, it's all in the Getter app. You can do everything from the live streaming to the, the, the short posts, uh, like your timeline, but then also now with Vision. Yeah, and I like that too from the point of China controlling TikTok because you hear a lot of people say about how in China they push stuff like, you know, kids engineering and people learning things and building things. Where in America, I personally think it's purposely fed an algorithm to make things worse, to push the, the worst stuff to the top. Chandler, I don't know how much uh, TikToking you do really, but do you find that as well? And do you think it's like a good thing to have more competitors for it? Uh, I got to tell you, Andrew, I am indeed painfully Generation Z. I love me a good amount of TikTok. Um, I also love me tuning into some reels every once in a while, too. My girlfriend sends me reels all the time. Um, so I'm really excited to see some stuff coming out about Gitter Vision. I was actually going on the Gitter app just yesterday to post something because I'm, you know, I'm very active on every single platform, alt tech place I can be, as many as I can be because I think they're all great. Uh, though I do think Gitter works the absolute best out of any of them. So shout out to you, Jason, for that. But I was scrolling at the bottom. I saw like yet another thing and I saw Vision. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. So I'm really excited to start bringing my short my short form content to Gitter to uh, not only appeal to other people who are on there, but even appeal to myself because I love me some content. I love me that short short form stuff. I'm really I'm really in that 18 to 30 range. I fit right in that demographic. <laughs> so I'm really excited. <laughs> No, and really, and this is going to start sounding like a Getter commercial, but it does work. For the uh, the videos upload faster than Twitter. Um, I think probably I'm not the only one who likes the fact that you can post a link and post a video and they both show up. And the algorithm seems real. You can actually grow on there. So, of course, shout out to, to Jason for that. And I think that's something everybody can enjoy. And Jason, I don't know if you want to talk about this, but also I don't think True Social has has been what it was drummed up to be so i i think that you guys are probably much wiser for getting out as quick as you you have and i don't think it was very wise of trump to wait as long as he did not jump on board with you guys so what is the actual you know uh plan going forward with this much competition is it just you know steady the course and the people will if you build it they will come or are we trying to you know really bring over some of those people with features like this 
Well, I think ultimately the two things that are really going to set us apart are a the technology, which I think we've done not just with the the microblogging posts, the live stream, which by the way. We're now up over 140 million views that have been watched on live streaming since last October. And then now with Vision, which will open us up to an entire new demographic. But this summer, when we launch Getter Coin and Getter Pay, we're then going to bring in the crypto and the blockchain aspects of it. Hmm. And so we're going to have all this together in one place. A whole bunch of cool features on the way. We'll be launching DMs later this month, direct messages. That's literally, that's been the number one thing people have been asking for since we launched. We're sorry for the delay. It's coming up later this month, I promise. But then a whole bunch of other cool interactive features. Our engineers, it's like, for me, it's like a kid walking in the candy store when I go into the engineers. I sit down and our lead engineer shows me, hey, look, uh, look at this demo. You can hit this button and find out any getter people within one, five or 10 miles uh, who have their feature turned on in case you want to connect with another getter user. Really cool interactive things for meetup opportunities to see new people. Uh, these guys are so brilliant. They have the big brains. I'm just the beautiful face, but we have some really <laughs> smart engineers. That was a joke, by the way, because anyone didn't get it. Uh, but it's it's exciting. And I think that uh, uh, the other aspect is the international growth. You know, right now we're 51% domestic, 49% international. And as long as we continue to scale globally, I think this really has the chance to be the platform that sets the tone. Yeah, and uh, for those who didn't know, the Getter live stream had a lot to do with the trucker convoy in Ottawa. There was Ottawa, excuse me, I can't even pronounce the capital of my own country. Um, we had a lot of people from Ottawa live streaming on Getter as well to get that out to an American audience. So that was a lot of fun, I thought, watching it on there and getting the American audience who I'm going to go ahead and say cares about freedom more than any other country in the world. Chandler, what do you have going on? I've been watching you, of course. We worked together a bit before. Um, are you big on watching this gun control stuff that's going on? I know I wanted to talk to you about that and Jason as well, but with the people sort of in your age demographic really coming out hard against all this stuff, how do you feel about it? Well, as a red-blooded American, but also a member of Generation Z, I can tell you that there has been a war declared on our rights, including the president going so far as to say something that he said during the campaign trail that I truly didn't believe he could actually say and get away with, but apparently he did, and he's going at it again by saying no amendment is absolute, which really brings into question a lot of different amendments, including the 13th Amendment, because sure sounds like Joe Biden wants to put a whole lot of people back in chains, as he so eloquently said back in 2012 in reference to the black community. So this guy has a long history of racist statements and perhaps even racist opinions, which also delves right back into those that go against the Second Amendment and gun control. Gun control wasn't really a major thing until they realized groups like the Black Panthers and the black community were arming themselves with, with weapons like that that could kill people against those that wanted to run into their houses and burn them down with the history of the KKK. So I believe gun control has a racist history, just like abortion does. And these are all things that the left are using as a linchpin against the black community, and they're util utilizing the youth community to do this. So they've got young people like David Hogg with March <laughs> for Our Lives, which is apparently about to do a major thing later this month. And they had this big thing with the uh, pro-choice movement just very recently after the whole Roe v. Wade leaked memo. So all sorts of things they're pushing to attack each and every community that they believe isn't worthy of being around anymore, isn't worthy of being their quote-unquote supportive voting block anymore. They want to go after whatever they can. And I think it's really disgusting to see how they use young people against it. Jason, when I was just a lowly YouTuber, which I guess I am still in a sense, I did a video looking into the March for Our Lives group. Um, I forget, the, the, the Women's March was another one who was a part of it. 
And I wanted to ask you, since you're much heavily more into the political scene in the U.S. than I could ever be, I think, is it weird or is it disturbing, I guess you should say, how much in concert all of these organizations are? Because when you look at them, they're all, all really coming from the same place. Is it, is it much easier to see how, I guess you could say, fake they are or contrived they are when you're that close to the situation? Or is it are, are you jaded by this or do you not find that at all or do you completely disagree with that? I think a little bit of all of the above, but, you know, Molly Ball wrote a cover story for Time a few months ago where they talked about how literally the forces on the left, both on big tech, the media, these left of center activist groups effectively all worked together in concert in 2020 to ultimately swing the election uh, to Joe Biden. And it's a really almost kind of scary when you see the way that everything is so manipulated and put together. And this is why, to go back to your early point about TikTok and CCP, think about our kids nowadays. Um, with TikTok, you're supposed to be 13, but uh, kids very much younger than that have TikTok accounts. You just lie about your age and get an account. But think about it. By the time our kids turn 18, the CCP will be able to have a psychographic analysis just basically based off the al algorithm and what kind of videos uh, our kids and our young people want to watch. And so as you think then about future voter trends, future activities here in the United States, we're going to have other countries who know what our youth wants to do more than even they do. That's a scary thought. And when you uh, so many people just march along like sheep and follow whatever the media tell them, that's why it's so great to see what Chandler's doing, what so many young people are standing up and saying, we want to embrace freedom. Uh, but when you see these groups, always have a little bit of uh, a little bit of caution because they're never what they seem. Is it weird to you having born a um, a platform out of free speech to hear a president talk about parts of the Constitution and amendments not being absolute? And uh, I, I'm waiting for the point where he's going to say, you know, hate speech isn't free speech. But is it weird to you to hear a president talk about this stuff like 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 it's just, you know, oh, we can change it if, if we really need to because of a certain events. Is that how do you feel about that? Well, it's weird. And, you know, once the big tech platforms kicked off President Trump, really, they were unencumbered at that point. That was Those were really the guardrails. And once they were able to get away with that and there was no pushback, the media, of course, went along with it. They thought it was fine. Even if you go and poll younger voters today, they think that it was fine also that you kick off President Trump or other people. This is really, we're kind of in the, the no man's land. You know, the medieval maps when they have the dragon out in the ocean because they didn't know what was beyond the dragon. We're kind of out past that. I mean, Joe Biden literally, it looks like he escaped off the set of The Walking Dead, embarrassing <laughs> us by shaking hands with the air, or being guided around by the Easter Bunny, and nobody seems to notice what's going on. They're just so glad that we don't have mean tweets in the White House anymore. It's, it's scary, and also the fact we see these progressive governments now become the authoritarians. You're seeing it, of course, with Justin Castro, I mean, Trudeau, uh, up north in, in Canada. Uh, and it, it's really scary uh, how much our, our constitutional rights and freedoms, regardless of what country we're in, are under assault. <laughs> I'm still laughing with that. Um, <laughs> walking Dead, I'll write that one down. Um, Chandler, with some of the things I see lately, and I'm going to reference a YouTuber named Nuance Pro because I was watching his video yesterday interviewing people about gun control, a lot of them, of course, in your age range. What do you think is the desire to come out so vehemently against this stuff? Is it just is it really wanting some sort of change to happen or do you think it might be, you know, people wanting to do the thing that is supposed to be the right thing online to make yourself look like a good person? 
Honestly, Andrew, I think it all boils down to the Easter Bunny. These kids just haven't let go of the Easter Bunny. They still 100% believe <laughs> because they believe in all sorts of pipe dreams like Joe Biden actually being led by the Easter Bunny. And so anything that Joe Biden says, well, it has to be endorsed by the Easter Bunny. If the Easter Bunny endorses it, that means we got to take away all the guns. Now, I can tell you, I grew up still in middle school and even in elementary school when all these mass shootings suddenly started taking place after the Sandy Hook one. And then the ones that happened in 2015, 16 and 17 and 18 really kind of hammered that point in for me. And it wasn't just the fact that they were happening, but it was the fact that everybody started talking about them. So yeah, I was sitting in my classrooms a little scared of somebody busting into my school and opening fire just because they're a mad person, they're crazy. But I also realized, and this was even when I was younger, that it wasn't the guns that were killing the people. It was the people that were holding them, that were obtaining them illegally, and that were you know, posting all about online with pictures of dead cats and saying, yeah, I'm gonna go shoot up a school and nobody doing anything about it. That is the real cause of these problems. And so everybody is being endangered by these organizations, these three-letter organizations like the FBI and the NSA and the Homeland Security that's supposed to know all about all these sorts of things and actually does know about these things because it has these people on watch lists and big tech organizations like Google and Facebook and Twitter not doing anything when they realize that this person looks like they're going to go shoot up a school and not you know, notifying anybody and they per the person goes through and does it and these organizations take their chance to go out there and really is talk about, yeah, take away the guns. That's the thing. No amendment is absolute. We need to save the children by depriving them of their rights. It makes absolutely no sense. And as a young person and, you know, speaking for other young people that probably fall into this sort of mindset, they think, oh, well, I'm saving my life. It's the march for our lives. I'm saving everybody else's life by restricting our rights because that's the number way way to save yourself, right? When a gun is the ultimate equalizer, imagine all these young females, this is something I always bring up within my generation, that aren't as biologically or physiologically as strong as, the, as their male counterparts. What are they going to do when some male runs upon them in an alley? Because if you're just a woman, you know, small, five foot, and this is a six foot man, he's going to get whatever he wants. And that's really sad. But if you've got the Ruger on you, if you got whatever you need to do to defend yourself, well, he's not going to have such an easy time. I think what we still run into as a problem today is people wanting to be the first person to react and say the right thing. And I think if people just sort of, especially with the Texas incident, I don't want to say anything that's going to get it pulled down from YouTube. Love that censorship. But I think people jump so far ahead so quickly without knowing the facts to any of these events that it makes it probably makes a lot of people end up looking stupid. We see that with certain DNC commentators that uh, especially in regards to Ukraine, uh, that happened a lot earlier. Um, but, Jason, I want to ask you more on the Biden stuff. All this crazy stuff, and I don't want to mention any of it again because of censorship. I hate YouTube so much. But uh, Hunter Biden, without getting into it, I'm forced to play this game where it's like, what if it was somebody else? What if it was Trump Jr.? What if it was Eric Trump? What would you say? Because I face this question a lot to people who say, why should we care about what Hunter Biden does? Well, I think that, you know, with the Hunter Biden aspect, yes, there's a scandalous part with the, the, the imagery of scantily clad people. Uh, of course, we know Hunter loves himself, the red feather boa, which, <laughs> hey, great. Different strokes for different folks. I'm all about whatever you want to embrace. Uh, that's cool. Hunter, more feather boas for you. Here's the thing that really upset me with the, the Hunter Biden laptop scandal is that the business dealings that we saw both Joe Biden, James, Frank Biden, and obviously Hunter himself as kind of the point person engaged in the 10% for the big guy, all these different things that we saw in the run-up to 2020, they were primarily centered around two main countries, Ukraine and China. What are the two countries we have massive issues with at the moment? 
Ukraine and China. And I think Americans would have a much better sense of why Joe Biden is making the certain decisions that he is if they fully understood what went into his family's business dealings. That's why this was such a big deal. Chandler, could you imagine if Donald Trump Jr. was doing this stuff and he was involved with a foreign country, as they, of course, alleged, and then nothing uh, was actually there. But he was doing all this stuff, all this weird photos came out of him, all these weird videos. He was a drug addict and they had him on like Tucker Carlson or something, celebrating him, joking around like they did with Hunter Biden on Jimmy Kimmel. I tried to watch some Jimmy Kimmel with um, who was it on there? Adam Sandler yesterday. I just can't get around Jimmy Kimmel anymore. I just can't deal with him anymore. But what, what can you imagine what the reaction would be if they treated a Trump personality like this the way they treat Hunter Biden? Dude, I don't think I could stop imagining it because they would never <laughs> let it go. They would hammer that point in so hard. I remember when Trump was talking about where's Hunter back in 2020 during the whole thing. Good Morning America aired this segment over and over again where it played that part of Trump's speech. And then Hunter Biden's like, here I am, Mr. President, and I'm <laughs> sick and tired of your bigotry and all this. I'm like, dude, I've, I've said this on my stream a few times before, and I want to mention I stream every week on Tuesdays and Thursdays on Gitter. At 8 p.m. So shout out to Gitter for hosting me up there. That actually happened after I got banned from YouTube for Let's Go Brandon, which was really hilarious. But anyways, <laughs> um, I've, I've said this on my show multiple times. Hunter Biden has been living life like Grand Theft Auto V. Dude, he's literally <laughs> done anything. He has taken – he took his 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 widow – he took his, his dead brother's widow and did whatever – whatever he wanted with her. He's been having fun with strippers. He's been re recording himself doing it. He's been doing all sorts of drugs. These are like just absolutely out of out of left field things. And he's been allowed to get away with it because, well, he's Hunter Biden. He's been able allowed to do whatever business dealings he wants with absolutely no qualifications for it, giving 10% to the big guy. And the media is going to be like, yes, congratulations, Hunter Biden. We're so proud of you for overcoming your drug abuse when has he really? Has he really overcame anything? I think the only thing he has overcame uh, is the right wing trying to talk to him because he gets to get away with whatever he wants. It's really crazy. Jason, how did the media so quickly forget about the Bidens in Ukraine? Well, easy, because it fits into the narrative with them wanting to go and, and say that Russia is to blame for everything. They still want to uh, go and try to tie President Trump into Russia, even though now it's been clearly proven this is all crooked Hillary and the rest of her squad. By the way, Jake Sullivan, who's our national security advisor in the Biden White House, was one of the people who's the main perpetrators of this Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. But the media still wants to go back and try to tie in that Russia's the bad guy, Russia is somehow Trump, Russia is the one that's invading Ukraine. And so we must find a way to connect Trump into this. They're so obsessed and so deranged by it, they can't see clearly. And here's the thing. Uh, what Putin's doing in, in Ukraine, for example, is clearly illegal. I oppose his invasion. I do not think the U.S. should be taking us closer to a kinetic conflict with Russia. However, I don't think that we should be sending Ukraine additional missiles, especially ones that could be potentially used as long range. I think that's just sucking us further and further in and getting us closer to a conflict. But the media just can't see straight. They're so triggered by President Trump. It's the only thing that consumes them. Go to any bookstore, by the way, these days. Go to Barnes & Noble. Go to, go to the airport. Go to any place where they sell books. Everything is Trump. They still talk about Trump 24-7. It's part of the reason why I hope he comes back and runs and wins again in 2024. I saw a 
Michelle Obama book being pushed at a game store. I just wanted to push that out there. At Mastermind Toys, Michelle Obama's book is being pushed. So I'm no, I'm happy to hear you. Well, I'm not happy to hear you say that, but I'm glad you're willing to say that. Um, I tend to feel the same way. Canada has sold weapons to the Ukraine, and uh, there's still all these conservative politicians being like, "This is the best thing ever. Let's uh, maybe we should go to war. Maybe we shouldn't. Who knows, you guys?" And it just gets crazier and crazier. And it's just interesting how the polarities have switched. And even though I don't think the Democrats have ever been, you know, reasonable, I think it's just people weren't paying attention. The anti-war sentiment is completely gone from mainstream leftism and in their, you know, in their media. You won't see anybody on The View saying, you know, we shouldn't be doing this stuff with Ukraine or we shouldn't be advancing in a, Ukraine's political agenda or their war agenda. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg's not about to have a shirt that says that. Now, I don't think anybody else is actually saying that on the right in Canada. So I think it's a big problem. And I, I wish more people would say that on free speech platforms like yourself. I want to move on to something um, specifically American, and that's gas prices. Um, they're, they're skyrocketing here. They've gone up um, almost a dollar in the last three months. I know inflation and the prices are worse in America. And Biden's fault. Uh, I know they say that the president can't do anything, but I have theories and I'll get to those in a bit. But can you guys think of a way that they can actually get the prices down? I know it's easy to say, and we'll go to you first, Chandler. I know it's easy to say that Biden is terrible because the the stats show, the scoreboard shows that he is. But can you think of any moves he can make at this point to bring it back down? I know there's um, things that they can sign to make it so that you can you can mix the gasoline to make it cheaper. And But I think that's only for a month, I've read. Chandler, do you have any policy advice for lovely Joe? Yeah, I think as a 17-year-old who's only lived a few <laughs> years in this country, I, I can give you some great advice. Just look at everything Joe Biden did in the first three months of his administration and then just pull up, nah, get rid of that. So let's say freezing the Keystone Pipeline. Yeah, let's not, let's not do that. Uh, stopping and putting a federal stop to do drilling on some of the land. Eh, let's not do that. Let's focus more on creating things here in America as we have done for years now under the Trump administration and get back our energy independence and also stop investing billions of dollars into a war, which is investing investing billions of dollars indirectly with one of our greatest trade partners in Russia, which everybody's like, oh, we barely get any oil and gas Russia anyways, but they give a lot of oil and gas to other countries, and that's always going to have a ripple and domino effect on the gas prices. Everybody always makes the point of, well, Biden doesn't decide the gas prices. Well, yeah, sure, he doesn't, but you can't blame it all on Putin either. We've got a whole lot of problems that are being caused by a domino effect of that war over there, our stupid policy decisions over here, and this liberal agenda, which is destroying our country at every step of the way, which is sad to say the least. Jason, do you think this is on purpose by Joe Biden? He closed the pipeline, which affects my country a lot. Uh, another governor, I think the Michigan governor, wanted to shut down another pipeline. This is within days of taking office. All the things Chandler mentioned. Do you think Biden is doing this on purpose? And if so, why? Well, absolutely. I mean, Joe Biden has all these deals that he's cut with the lefties, the progressives, and he wants to make good on that by shutting down any energy exploration. And but the problem is, at a certain point, it's, well, where are we going to get energy from? I mean, we, we haven't built a new nuclear plant in years. Um, they want to have us everything move to electric vehicles, or at least they did before Elon Musk was making all the news about buying Twitter. And so I don't know if they still like electric vehicles anymore. Uh, we'll have to see. Maybe they're anti-electric vehicles. Maybe they just want us to be 
like New York and these other big cities where you just have to ride your bike everywhere and they've shut down all the car lanes. I don't know exactly what they're getting to, but you know, Chandler hit the nail on the head when he said, we just have to go back and reverse these policies that took us from being energy independent to now being dependent on other countries. And, you know, we get about 9% of our oil from Russia, uh, which any oil from Russia is entirely too much. And at this point, I think the media wants to blame Russia for everything except for maybe Hunter Biden's drug problem. We, (laughs) I tried to go right through it. I couldn't. Um, Saudi Arabia doesn't get talked about at all. Canada takes a ton of oil from Saudi Arabia. What, is this how, like, and I'm going to purposely try to sound naive here. Is this how it works, Jason? We just deal with terrible countries and pretend that we're not, and then we demonize another country for convenience? Yeah, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Joe Biden used to actually talk about Jamal Khashoggi uh, and how terrible that was that uh, the Washington Post journalist who was killed. But now that uh, we have to go and get oil from the Saudis, uh, even more oil, then, of course, that just kind of gets swept under the rug. And so at a certain point here, when you start playing the the wokeism and the cancelism and the virtue signaling, which is really all that Biden and the Democrats seem to know how to do, you kind of run out of people to go in, in virtue signal. In fact, one of the best headlines I saw over the last 24 for hours is that Chris Light, the new head of CNN, is going to start working. I can't even say without laughing. They start working with their talent and say those that are too extreme or those that are too partisan, they might remove from the airwaves if they can't start to moderate. And the only thing I think was who would be left? Who would be left at fake news? And then if you took away all the the hardcore lefties and the partisans, I mean, I don't know. Is there like a deep bench somewhere that have some people on CNN <laughs> they could bring in? I mean, you're certainly not going to leave Mr. Potato Head, Brian Stelter, or super uh, wokester Jim Acosta, uh, or uh, you know any of these guys. So I don't know who they're even going to come up with. But that's all the left wants to do is cancel this, move on to the next. But at a certain point, there's nothing left to cancel. Yeah, I don't know who that would be. I'm trying to think who's below CNN. Because if you go with like Fox, you could be like, oh, they'll call up some OAN or Newsmax people. Um, The Young Turks probably make more money than CNN. MSNBC does. I don't know. Chandler, any ideas here? And who's more extreme? Go ahead. I'm thinking they might try to poach you next. I mean, after the big flop that was CNN Plus, man, I think they might they might be get desperate. Yeah, call up call up Rebel News. Let's see if we can get Andrew says. I think we can give him a better contract here on CNN. Because honestly, they're so desperate for for ratings and viewers. I think they'd reach anywhere to get them. I don't know if that's an insult to me or not, Chandler. But I'll start no, no, not, I'll no. start Don Lemon and Don and Andrew tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, who is not towing the line at CNN? Poor Wolf Blitzer is going to end up getting fired. They're going to replace him with a hologram. If the time has come, hologram Wolf Blitzer, I think. And Chandler, I want to talk to you about this event, this drag queen. It wasn't even a story time. It wasn't even innocent enough to be a story time. Um, it was, in my opinion, disgusting. When you have parents bringing children in there um, to tip people who are basically being strippers as gross phrases on the wall. And then you have the parents being upset at other people being disappointed in them. Uh, John Doyle was there. Alex Stein was there. You said you live near nearby. Is that true? So let me tell you the story and then weave it all the way back to now. So way back in 2019, when I was just getting my start on YouTube, one of the videos I made was called Desmond is Depressing. And this was covering one of the, you know, drag, drag, 
I don't drag kids is what they called them way back in the day uh, that, you know, he got his parents to parade himself around uh, wearing girls clothes and dancing around. He had this whole documentary about it um, and it was really disgusting. And I talked about it and I thought, you know what, it's never going to get any worse than this. So that's why I'm, I'm setting, setting the line in the sand here, drawing it and talking about it. You know, we had the drag queen story hour back then too, but that was a little bit more tame. I mean, still just as crazy. I, I couldn't imagine being a five-year-old seeing that and just being like, <laughs> what am I looking at? And not knowing what. And then eventually I'm like, well, I guess if this is normal, then I can can dress like that too. I can wear high heels and dresses too and things like that. And so now in 2022, we've seen it weave all the way up to taking kids to clubs. Now, I don't live in Dallas nearby the place where we're here to visit. Um, and we were on the way coming back through because I just came back from an event in California uh, at the time of this recording. And we went to the place because I, I was like, okay, we have to see this. And it was, I, what I called it is the gayborhood. There's just meme, there's just meme that's been going around for years where it's like this lady saying, this is the gayborhood and you're not welcome. And it felt exactly Exactly like that because the crosswalks were all painted rainbow. Every single store had a rainbow flag. You would think it was city ordinance here in Oak Lawn, Dallas, uh, that you have to have a rainbow flag somewhere on your on your premises or you will be fined uh, a daily amount. And we looked through this place's rainbow flags, rainbow shirts, and we uh, finally got past this club called Mr. Mister. Um, and it was obviously days after the things had happened, so nobody was there. But you could just feel the sort of bad juju emanating from this place of what had happened there and what's been happening there at this place. And you, you know, circle back a few days, you can see kids walking with these drag queens uh, and saying pose and the kids are all confused and like pose, I, I guess I go like this or something they're all like shocked. They don't know what to do. They're confused and we're profiting off of this. And I, I shouldn't say we, I should say they are profiting off of this. When they were interviewed after the drag show, they were talking about how we need to raise confidence. You know, wearing drag and dancing with us is a real confidence booster. And what I'm thinking is that they can't really replicate their ideology and what they believe in on their own children. So they're going after yours. They're going to institute their pride on your children if you don't do anything about it. Now, there's allegedly something attempting to be uh, tabled to, you know, ban children from being at drag shows. Now, Jason, I want to ask you, do you think for issues that may be like this or similar to this, um, do you think legislation is the answer? Do you think it's more of a cultural influential thing? Uh, or, or do you think that's for some things laws need to be passed to put a stop to it? Well, I don't think that we should be sexualizing children in any capacity. I don't care if it's a, a drag show or a, a street strip club, or if it's any kind of event like this, I mean, Quite frankly, I think it's scary that the Carolina Panthers are now going to have a trans cheerleader uh, on their sidelines. I mean, uh, well, we know the Panthers aren't going to be winning the <laughs> NFC South anytime soon because we know what happens to everything woke. But just let's just think for a moment. Why has nobody asked Cricket Hillary or Joe Biden if they would take Chelsea or if they would have taken Hunter to a drag show when they were children? I'd love to know what their answers are. Or what do you think would happen if parents try to put on a drag show for children in Mariupol or in Kiev, they'd probably get, well, it'd probably end up in a pretty negative environment. Here's the thing, when it comes to kids, we should be teaching them <laughs> reading, writing, arithmetic, science, all the, maybe some engineering so we can catch up with China. Um, this is what kids should be focused on. I think it's just, it's gotten so perverse and so nutty when you start sexualizing kids like this. And, and again, I don't care what direction you try to go with it as no place for kids. Uh, that is just, it shows how far our culture has gotten worked out of shape. Yeah, I want to know which NFL fans in South Carolina are saying, or is it North Carolina? 
Um, right right on the border, Charlotte. So they have fans. And right. so it, it, any of the Carolinas is fine with the answer. Andrew, <laughs> I think is zero. I think there are zero people who pay uh, a lot of money to go to NFL games uh, that are going to be, especially in the, the Charlotte metropolitan area. going to like, yes, I can't see, wait to see the France cheerleader uh, this Sunday. No, no, that's not happening anywhere. And especially in the area that um, that has a very strong uh, Baptist community, uh, for example, a, a very strong family-based community in the Carolinas, I just do not see this going over well. But, but Jason, but, I thought I yeah, thought football ahead. is gay. Come on, I thought <laughs> football is gay. What happened? Uh, Milwaukee Brewers also having a drag night, which again, not sure which beer drinking Americans. Are, are really hyped up for that. And then Chandler, as you know, uh, Bryson Gray's from the Carolinas. Hopefully he shows up in one of those NFL games, and that'll be a really good time. But uh, what I want to know is if you think, Chandler, that this is sort of the tipping point. We're seeing a big backlash to this trans club. We're seeing a lot of backlash to all this pride stuff. I think it's gone. It, it's taken it from being like, hey, this is what people want to do, and we're okay with it. I think it's you know, far beyond that line. And now they're pushing it. And by they, I mean, certain organizations Antifa was there at the uh, at, at the event in Texas there. And you know that the AOCs are OK with it. They went she went to one with her uh, with her boyfriend there. Are you seeing a, a record amount, I guess I'll say backlash against it this time? And do you think that's bad for, you know, uh, gay people who have nothing to do with it. Do you think it's bad for the, for the alphabet representation, in a sense, to, for lack of a better term, that so, certain people are taking this so far that they're now involving kids? Well, I think Antifa for a long time has been nothing more than a new KKK and not so much in a racist sense, although they act very racistly. They have literally said slurs to me and people I'm with. So I don't we don't even need to get as far as that. But in the sense that they are a sort of terrorist arm of a corporate political organization, and that is the Democratic National uh, Committee and other groups like it within the far just absolute rabid left. And so they're utilizing this power they have with Antifa to go after and defend these drag things, which really makes you think, okay, well, this is nothing more than some sort of corporate shilling for the LGB community, the LGBT community. But the thing that they are realizing is that the majority of the LGBT community doesn't even support this. Now, some of them are like, okay, well, we need to not be bigots and we need to support children making their decisions or something, which is even further than I'd go. But at the very least, they say it is grooming and it is disgusting to encourage these children uh, and their parents to bring them to a club, which under any other circumstances, they would not be able to get in. But under the most inappropriate circumstances, like people very wearing scantily clad outfits, marching them down a catwalk in which at the end of the catwalk, it says it's not going to lick itself. And we're allowing this and encouraging this to happen. No, that is when these people are going to draw a line in the sand. When I say these people, I mean LGBT opponents of it or even just straight opponents of it that are like, OK, I'm not in support of this. This is gross. We need to do something about it. Or even if they're like, OK, well, I support these children making the decision on their own, which is crazy in and of itself. I at least say it shouldn't be down to the parents, it shouldn't be down to the corporate media, it shouldn't be down to these terrorists in Antifa, and it shouldn't be down to the DNC to decide who does and who doesn't get into this place and encourage people to bring their children to it. Strange, strange times, Chandler Crump, Jason Miller, Getter. Um, Jason, before we let you guys go, anything else you want to say about stuff coming up on Getter? Um, are you backing a certain type of crypto? Very important question. Or are you going to let the people decide? 
Uh, great questions. When we launch initially, uh, initially there'll be Getter Coin, um, and then we'll be doing a whole bunch of other things as we start moving forward. But we'll be launching our own crypto to start. Uh, but a whole bunch more to talk about that as we move into the summer and beyond. But it's it's very exciting. So Getter, it's going to have its own coin and then its own tradable coin. Correct. Yep. As we That's start very off, fun. Uh, we'll have that. So will be another coin onto the market. And but then from there, like I said, uh, we're, we have a couple different directions that we're going to go and we adding more coins uh, to the equation. So stay tuned. And hopefully next time I'm back, we can talk about it some more. Now, is there going to be a way for people to earn it or do we not know the details yet? Yep, absolutely. In fact, one of the uh -huh, main very concepts good. we'll be doing is so when say when advertising dollars come in, then content creators will be rewarded with that. And so one of the things we're going to do is make sure that most almost all of that money is going to content creators, which will then, of course, help draw additional audiences. And so once we get to the point where you have a kind of a test phase and then you have to be um, you have to go through some different uh, licensure type issues. But as soon as people are able to start withdrawing uh, Getter coin as fiat and realize, hey, wait a minute, I just got a 10 grand or 15 grand check. Uh, from Getter, then a lot of content creators can say, hey, you know what? We want to be exclusive on Getter. We want to put our eggs in that Getter basket because we're in a far better return than we're with YouTube or anything else. This is very smart, Jason. I know Chandler is nodding his head. I know that's why people use Brave Browser as well. You get that bat or whatever that's called just from using your computer. Chandler, anything else you want to talk? Uh, you want to mention before you go? Anything else you're working on? Tell us. Yeah, I think I think that's all sorts of great stuff right there. I really appreciate companies uh, like Getter doing everything they can to support content creators. I myself personally uh, love my pillow, and if you're interested in getting a very great deal on a pillow, make sure you use code CRUMP for your very own discount on a pillow, blanket, or wow. slippers today. Wow, <laughs> I almost cut you off, and I was like, no, I'll let Chandler finish his promo. You gotta let me do it. <laughs> you're lucky you're lucky you're such a nice man uh thank you both for coming on i always have fun talking to both you guys and you know people are gonna people are gonna watch and be like oh getter must be paying andrew it's not it's just it's just faster and i wish more people would go on it the the algorithm is is more like i always go back to when the the west was free on the internet and you can actually see real growth so if you don't believe me just go use it or you can uh, be shadow banned on Twitter, which is also everybody loves to be. And uh, I appreciate you guys coming on and we'll get, talk to you next time, okay? Thank you guys. So happy to be here.